Welcome to the Movements Podcast, podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today's episode comes from Ginger, Uganda, where I spoke to Isaac Mugabe about No Place Left, Uganda. It all started when a good friend of mine came to our church. We were frustrated. We were sitting Christians. We had worked with this church for quite a while and things were not happening. We were getting fights. We were getting wars. We were battles here between Christians. And we were always, uh, we were always fighting. We were always complaining. Our summons had moved to blaming. As a pastor, I had turned out to be a judge. Conflict resolution. Uh-huh. As, as actually, I even went to the college for the first time for the Bible college to learn conflict resolution because there were conflicts in church and I needed to be a better leader to learn how to resolve conflicts. Until this colleague uh, came to me and shared about some of these tools and then I learned what would be the will of God for our church. Not to be sitting Christians, not to limit our vision into uh, the four corners of our church and it was high time we moved out. The moment I got to that, I first started the training within our church. I made sure every member of our church I brought, I got a blackboard and we started writing notes, learning those skills. And then I'd ask them also to train in the same skills. Then we always had missions where we went out uh, during holidays, school holidays. And on this particular mission, it was outstanding because all our church members, 40 of them, a team of 40, had been trained in these skills. What sort of skills were you training them in? We had trained them in uh, 411. Yeah. We had answered the four questions why people don't respond to the gospel, why they don't respond to the will of God, the instruction of God that go out and make disciples. We answered the question why they were not going, and people were about to realize that they were, it was their identity. They were meant to go. They are created to go. They are new creatures, and they are evangelists. They are preachers. They were, they were witnesses. That was their nature. When people learned of that, it was astounding. Who they would go to? We realized there are people near earth, and uh, we have not been giving them, them attention. We have not shared with, with them. People learned what to share. They were very simple tools. They learned their testimonies and then also God's story. The story of God, three circles. Um, we also use the bridge here in, yeah. in this country. And when they learned what to share, then we, they, they were asked another, the last question, the fourth question was when? I never have time. When can I fix time? Then people realized we need to do it immediately. Whoever hears the word of God and does not respond and does not are due to it, then is foolish. And people wanted to be wise. So they started creating time. We started sharing and training others who were sitting Christians. So we moved the team to my countryside, actually, where I got saved from in 1990. The okay, moment... so, so you went into the countryside uh-huh. after you trained people. Mm-hmm. What happened when you did that, that mission in the countryside? Oh, man, when we went to this place called Rubindi, uh, Rubindi is around uh, 143 kilometers from Kampala, the capital of Uganda, we had six days of training. The first three days were training a team of people we found there. And then the next three days, uh, for up to Saturday, we went to 10 other churches. And the team we had trained were also training with my team of 40 from Kampala and were training in the same teams. Now, every evening, we went outside to share and to exercise the tools we had been trained in. And uh, for all the six days... We were able to meet over 2,343 
souls. And we got 441 salvations. And we got 33 baptisms at the end of that Saturday, that very Saturday evening. It was so amazing. It was so encouraging. We were mad. We were mad. I saw, now, it was getting late. And uh, on this, uh, I think on the second day, we were coming out. And one of the boys felt something smelling. And it smelled like a pipe. And then he said, everyone has gotten uh, Christianized. Everyone has committed their lives to Christ. Who is this one who is still piping? So the boys went around and they land on this gentleman. They said, no, everyone is Christian in this village. How could you have not become a Christian? Look here. Christ died for you. He pays your debts. He paid your sins. It's better you understand and believe on this. And then the man also accepted. And before we left that very community, the chairperson of that place, the wife of the chairperson, his whole family, we could uh, witness and we could tell that the story of Cornelius is still alive. The story of the Jada can still happen in our communities. It was happening in Rubindi. By the time we came out, uh, the trained forty were mad. They wanted the next mission, the next mission, the next mission. So they're 40 that are back in, still in their home at Rwindi. No, they're coming back from Rwindi. Ah, from your people. Uh -huh. yeah. They come back to Kampala. Mm. Now they have testimonies. They are ah. encouraged by far. They feel they are the trainers. They are pros. Mm. Things are happening. They attack our place, the communities around us, and no one is about to stay. So we had to set a target for my division. My division has 100,000 people. And there are 185 churches, traditional churches, mm. churches in big walls. So we come up with a strategy. We want to open up uh, 10,000 churches, more churches, to be able to disciple or to give an opportunity to everybody of the 10,000 to belong to a discipleship church, uh, a place, a small group where they can be discipled. So we come up with, a, we set out to evangelize. We identify persons of peace, houses of peace. We go to these different churches, we're conducting the same trainings, and that we have really done. And our hope is by 20th November, there are 100,000 people, every single one of them has had an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They either say no or yes, but they have heard. Because the Bible says that how will they confess unless someone has talked to them? And the Bible continues to say it is the Holy Spirit who convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment, and Jesus does the saving. Now, our job is to speak to them, and that's what we endeavor, that's what we're laboring for. And we say, in our land, until there's no place left, no people left without a healthy church. Okay. That is our target for the 10,000 as of, as of now. And how's that going in your division? Um, uh, the churches have opened for us. When, uh, they, we, we, we envisioned them, when we showed them the, the brutal facts, they, showed, they saw the need and especially the small churches. The big ones are very busy, Sunday to Sunday. Their programs are so tight, they can't find room for you. But the small churches, definitely those who need more members, definitely who feel they will be empowered to go out and do door to door, they have opened for us. The moment we get there, they get to realize their vision is not to be limited to the walls. So they endeavor to go out, and they have been of great use because they are able to reach their communities and communities around them. Of course, their people, their families, and that's uh, one great strategy how we are we're getting to these families. That's how we, we're winning them over. Okay, now you're doing that in, in your local region. Yes. But you are training, you and your team are training across Uganda. Is that right? Yeah. Um, uh, we are a very big team almost in every part of the region. And uh, why I gave you that story, I was giving you an example of my, our church, not my church, our church. 
where the 40 were trained and we have set up a target so that their fire has results on the ground. And we're trying to do the same thing with the different parts of the region where we go training. Because um, we have people in South Sudan, uh, we have people in South Sudan camps, right in the northern Uganda. Refugee camps. Refugee camps, yes. We have uh, on people on the islands who have been trained. We have conducted trainings at least in every district, in every district of this country. And uh, we believe in God if uh, the people, if the Timothys we entrust with these materials could be faithful, if God could raise a faithful people who will make it faithful to the others, soon and very soon, we shall have the Great Commission accomplished in this country. Mm. How many people in Uganda? Uh, well, today we are 47 million 710 okay um people of course including uh people in the refugee camps yeah who are around four million four million in yeah. refugee camps yeah. yeah and i've met some of your your workers in the refugee camps i yes. think patrick who is a refugee himself yes. from yes. south sudan yes and another brother um, uh, duncan duncan yes and um i heard that they've now seen about 20 churches planted yeah is that right it is true it is true. Actually, it may be more than because every single day things are happening. Wow. Every single day things are happening and people are on fire to do that. Um, uh, the one challenge we're having with the house churches or churches which meet in the house is the attitude of the traditional churches. Mm. And, uh, but as the more we train and people get to understand the vision and the purpose of this, they are opening up. But in the camps, it's very, very, it's actually more wild than it is on the on people who are on their own land. Mm. Because in the camps, people are much, much independent. Number two, uh, uh, this training was much emphasized in the camps. And the leaders of the camps had it more than we had it on the other side. And of course, we had others who had the opportunity and were trained, but they were never faithful. They never brought it at that speed it was supposed to be moving. Or maybe they never caught the fire. They never mm. grasped the vision. I can't say they were not faithful. They could have not learned the tools. They could have not known what to do with them. So I can't judge them, but I will say the people in the camps learned that very, very quickly. And they were faithful, they started, and it was happening. And uh, by virtue of the nature of camps as well, people are not very busy. They don't have much work mm. to do. Uh, much of their time, they can sit together. They are close to each other. They don't have big chunks of land where you have to move from one house to another. So they are able to spend their time together. It is almost in the lifestyle. Every evening they have meetings, they have campfires. So it is easy to turn your campfire into... A prayer meeting. Mm. So it's or a church. It's a, a church. <laughs> it's, it's working big deal for them. It's a working big deal for them. So you started out and you, 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 you were doing extra training in conflict resolution. And, uh, you know, in Australia, we don't have any church fights. You know, that okay. that's, must be just in Africa, I wow. think. Wow. Um, but, but how have you changed now? Now that your eyes have been opened up, you've trained your people, you're training around Uganda. How, how have you changed as a leader, as a person uh, through, through this work? Of course, uh, the cause of our conflict, I think, was, uh, must have been spiritual. Mm -hmm. And Jesus could have been behind it. Why do I suppose so? Because uh, for a long period of time, we, we prayed for these people. We anointed them, we spoke and confessed, uh, uh, received the Holy Spirit. So they received, but they were never letting out. They were mm -hmm. eating, but never letting out. And so the food, the spiritual food on the inside was becoming poison. Okay. So the moment we got them out, they became busy. 
They became busy. They have a lot of cares. They have a lot of uh, things to give attention to. Uh, they have a lot of souls which are not yet saved. No, they cannot settle. They want to come with testimonies, exciting testimonies. They will tell of different stories and you'll be amazed. Mm. So we cannot have any more time of looking at someone who is bleaching, someone who is uh, doing what. And the, mm. that's, so the conflicts were ironed out. And the same thing is happening around our country. Whichever church we happen to go to, when they open their doors and they know there has been a problem, we have been there. Uh, Feasting, but not excreting. So people, <laughs> you're saying your churches are constipated. That was the idea, and that was the cause of the biggest conflict we ever had. Ah, people okay. had a lot of time to spend together, and they had nothing to share about except about mm. each other, about each other. So, but since then, we have not had that thing. Mm. It is too rare because people have testimonies. The joy of the Lord has been reignited in our churches. We meet on Sundays and it's a celebration. You ask for time for testimony, sometimes you never share the word for the day. So what we do again in our church, because we have learned that uh, vision casting is like a, a leaking bucket. Mm -hmm. You have to keep powering on and powering on because if you wait for some time, then you will need a lot of effort to refill it. Mm -hmm. So what we do every Sunday service, we have that time when we say no place left, and then they uh, actually we say time for evangelism, and they say no place left. Time for it, and they say no place left because it's a slogan. It's a it's a it's our church slogan. And this year we said the only thing that can make the Lord laugh and the heavens parted is a soul getting saved. Mm. Yeah, Jesus told that uh, he had to leave the some farmer had to leave ninety nine and go for one, and then uh, a woman had to look for a penny, but she made party after getting the penny. So we thought it would be very, very important, or it is more important for Jesus uh, to get one lost soul compared to the rest of us who are already in church. And then the Bible says there is laughter, there is joy in heaven. So we said, if that's the secret that pleases the heaven, then we need to make God laugh every day. We set it as our target. Every member, we have a WhatsApp group, every member has to report, how many did you meet today? How many got saved? How many had? Why? Because every time one person gets saved, there's laughter in heaven. Our goal 2020 is to make the heavens laugh. And that's what we labor towards. That's mm. what we work for. So every Sunday we envision. We bring a scripture that asks the people, please let's go out. This is what is God's. This is what God is thinking. And there's a wildfire. And that's the source of our movement. Mm. The moment people have this vision and they cannot sit and they cannot sit. And uh, I am... I'm very privileged today as part of the training when we heard that uh, you were coming. We thought, God, you either let us there or you let us there. And thank God he answered our prayer and uh, we came. Now from when we came, we have been uh, empowered on how to use, again, the tools of church planting as a system of discipling people who have been gotten saved. We have hundreds of people who have gotten saved. I told you in the it was Southerns. But for the Southerns, now, they could not fit in this small church where we came from. And we never had a particular strategy for following them up. So we, with this, of how to start those churches, mm -hmm. I am going to be in the name of follow-up. Mm. And when I get there, of course, with my team of people who, have, uh, who we will have rehearsed those tools, we're going to train the, the members who are in church. We left them now, they, was, they are seed sowers. And we're going to show them why it is necessary, why they must plant churches. For everyone to have okay, a church. What's God put on your heart? Where, where is this going? Um, uh, of course, the target, according to scripture, is all nations. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but we're beginning from Jerusalem. 
begin from our families, from our homes, uh, from everybody around us. And then it will go around the country. That's why we're being strategic. We're going to the north, the south, the islands. We're trying to reach uh, places that are thought to have not been reached. And we're taking these uh, salvations. And now with this kit of church plants, how to plant the churches, how to have them effective, we have faith this country, everyone in this country will receive an opportunity. Around three things. Number one, a church that is very, very close to them in the next neighborhood. Number two, an opportunity to, uh, to receive Jesus Christ. They either say yes or no. They may say today, they may say the following day. We, we will be patient. And the third thing is a fellowship where they can, where they can fellowship. Are, 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 are people who belong to a certain group where they're able to fellowship. They're the three things we're looking at. And uh, we have not yet set the age, the years, but we hope not long after now. Not long after now. With this strategy we have planted, we have faith it's going to happen. If Jesus said it will happen, if the apostles saw it happen, if Paul saw it happen in Asia, I'm about to see it happen in Uganda, in Jesus' name. <laughs> if you're enjoying the Movement's podcast, why not help us spread the word by leaving a review or recommending it to your friends? This has been Steve Addison for the Movement's Podcast.